Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A recent survey of 11,000 mothers asked them what their child's first words were. They asked 11,000 mothers, what was the very first word that your child said? And from their responses, they found the most common first words. Can you guess what the most common first word for a young child is? Dad. Sorry, moms, but the first word is dad for the majority of children in the survey. Uh, The next most common word was mom, uh, followed by hi, bubba, dog, and ball. The seventh most common first word spoken by a young child No, no. Why might no be such a common first word for young children? It makes sense. They hear it all the time. Parents are constantly saying, no, no, no. Parents are constantly saying, no biting, no hitting, no screaming, no pulling the cat's tail, no throwing food. No eating food off the floor. No eating food off the cat. I'm sure at some point in my parenting, I've told my children, no eating food off the cat. Children hear this word again and again and again. No, no, no. Today we're going to be thinking about that word, no. Uh, We are beginning a sermon series through the Lenten season entitled, When God Says No. Uh, We're going to be thinking about what God is doing, why God might speak that word to his children. Why might God say no to us? Uh, Today we're going to think specifically about how there is freedom and liberation in that word no. That when God says no to us, it's not for captivity. He's not saying no to enslave us, but he is saying no to release us, to make us free, to set us free. Now to do this, we're going to be using some well-known words of Scripture, uh, words of Scripture taken from the book of Exodus. Uh, These are words that I'm sure you know quite well, Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God speaks these words, he sets this context, and then he goes on and he delivers the Ten Commandments to his people. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take the Lord, your God's name, in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. God says, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not, no, no, no. Uh, Out of all of Scripture, this is probably the most familiar, the most, uh, the one that comes to mind the quickest when we think of God saying no to his people. Now, as we hear the Ten Commandments, uh, we hear God saying no again and again, no other gods, no using my name in vain, no work on the Sabbath, no dishonoring your parents. We hear this, and it sounds like God is giving to his people To you and to me, he's giving us a list of rules 
and he's putting us in a box. It sounds like when God gives the Ten Commandments, he's putting us in a box, he's putting us into a pen. Uh, In fact, we could use the image of a playpen to help us think about the Ten Commandments in our sermon. Uh, A playpen. Uh, We put young children into one of these. Uh, We put the child in there and we tell the child, it's a fun place. Uh, There's some toys in here. This is your little place to play. We call it a playpen. But really, that's not what it is, is it? It's really not a playpen. It's a play penitentiary. Uh, It looks like a jail. Uh, There's even bars on it. The point of a playpen is not freedom. It's not liberation. The point of a playpen is confinement, containment, captivity. Uh, We put a young child into a playpen so that he or she is not free, so that mom and dad are able to go about their work around the house knowing the child is contained. When we hear the Ten Commandments and we hear God saying, no, 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 you shall not, you shall not, you shall not, we think that God is putting us into a pen. God is saying, this is your space. This is the box in which you are to live. You cannot go beyond these rules, beyond these commandments. But you see, that's a misunderstanding. That is misunderstanding what God is doing and why God is saying no in these Ten Commandments. Because you remember how this began. Remember the context before God says, you shall not have any other gods. Before he goes on with the Ten Commandments, God says this. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. See, God has gone through great lengths to set his people free. God desires for you and for me and for his people throughout the generations to be liberated and to be free. When they were in slavery in Egypt, in captivity, God did whatever he had to do to release them from that. Uh, Through Moses and Aaron, God raised them up and God uh, sent these plagues to Pharaoh and the Egyptians to persuade them to let the people go. Uh, Through the Passover, God executed judgment on the Egyptians, and he uh, showed mercy and protection to his people. Through the parting of the Red Sea, God uh, split the waters and let his people go forth on dry ground. All of these things, God was doing them so that his people could be free, liberated. It is not as if God then sets them free and immediately makes them captive to his rules, immediately imprison them in ten rules and in a list of no's. That's not at all what God is doing when he gives the Ten Commandments. In fact, it's the opposite. God says no to his people. And what he is saying, what he is doing, is he says, I have set you free. I've liberated you. And now, if you wish to remain free, Stay away from these things. 
God is not putting his people into a pen. Instead, God is setting them free. And he's putting these rules and these things into a pen. Putting them in a box and saying, these things can hurt you. These things can harm you. If you wish to remain free, don't worship any other gods. If you wish to remain free, don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't let greed own you and rule your life. If you wish to remain free, be on guard. Stay away from coveting and lying. That's what God is doing. He's not putting his people in a box. He has set them free and he wants them to remain free. He's putting these things into a box saying, avoid them at all costs. Now, as we think about the Ten Commandments, uh, I ought to mention to you that the different Christian traditions order them and arrange them differently. Uh, we get the Ten Commandments, we get them from Exodus and Deuteronomy. And as you look at these, there's different ways that you could put the commandments together. Uh, let me explain. Uh, this is Exodus 20, verses 3 through 5. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image of, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Uh, the Catholic and the Lutheran traditions uh, take these verses and they put them all together as the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. Uh, the Reformed tradition, that's Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, they take these verses and they make the first commandment, you shall have no other gods, and the second commandment for them, you shall not have any graven images. The point is not for us to get caught up on how we arrange the commandments, how we organize them. The point is this, for us to hear God's word and to trust that when God says no, he's doing it to set us free, to keep us free. You see, these Ten Commandments that God gives to us, he's telling us this is how you can remain free. No false gods, no misusing my name, no weak without worship and rest, no dishonoring parents, no killing others, no adultery, no stealing, no lying, no envying others' possessions, no envying others' relationships. God is warning you. He's warning me. He's warning all of his people that if you wish to remain free, stay away. Fearing, loving, and trusting in anything other than God will make you a captive. Greed, lust, pornography, envy, lies, all of these things have the power to put shackles on your hands, on your heart, on your mind, on your soul. God is telling us, he's warning us, stay away. You have been set free. But what do we do? Even though God has put these things into a box and told us, stay away. We always find ourselves coming back to them. It's not God who's putting us in a box or putting us in captivity. Rather, we put ourselves in captivity. We go towards these things. We look at them. They seem desirable. 
and good. And so we let pride become our God. We let money or power become our God. We let greed and envy, we let murderous thoughts come out of us. We let these things enslave us and own us. And what does God do? He does what he always does. He sets us free. He liberates us. God did this for his people when they were in Egypt, but in a far greater way, God has done this for you and for me in Christ Jesus. He has liberated us from sin, liberated us from death, liberated us from the devil. Through his life and his death and his resurrection, through the the wood of the cross and the nails and through his innocent, precious, perfect blood, Jesus has set you free. Even though we are drawn to these things that God has said no to, Jesus sets you free. When you confess your sins, when you repent of your sins, Jesus forgives you. He takes the shackles off and he says, go, my child, you are free. John chapter 8, Jesus says this, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the good news of the gospel. Now let me ask you, as we bring this sermon to a close, let me ask you, what part of your life needs God's no? Where do you need to hear God speak that word no into your life? Do you need to hear God say no to the idols that are on your heart and on your mind, the idol of of pride and trusting in your accomplishments or trusting in the work of your own hands? Do you need to hear God say no to your 24-7, go, 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 busy all the time schedule? Do you need to hear God say no to lust or pornography? Do you need to hear God say no to greed and coveting, envy, to lying and and rumors and slander? Where do you need to hear God say no in your life? Because remember, when God says no, he's not enslaving you. He's not putting shackles on you. He's doing the opposite. He's releasing you. Setting you free. This is who he is. This is what he does. This is what he said to the Israelites. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. In Jesus, he said, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. This is what God does. He releases his people. And when he says no to you and me, he's doing that out of a heart of love out of a desire to see you liberated and to see you freed. This is most certainly true. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus through life everlasting. Amen.